the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Welcome to episode 23 of the Free Indeed Podcast. And today we're going to do something different This with, with this episode. I'm going to read a chapter from Kirk's book, uh, For Your Eyes Only, which I recommend. You got permission to do that? You know, I did get previous permission before we started, oh, so man. I'm pretty sure. All right, um, cool. No lawyers are in the room with us right now, so yeah. uh, fortunately for everybody, this is not a long chapter, but it's a really good one. It's got some good information, and I want us to hear what is said in this chapter as well as talk about some of it as, as well. Um, the title of the chapter is it's chapter 11, and it's, the title is Just Stop, in quotes. Mm. All right. Because of pornography, relationships and true intimacy will become extinct. extinct sorry. We will need to better solve the problem of reactive attachment disorder. A longtime consumer of free broadband internet pornography will develop the inability to connect with people. He trusts no one fully. True intimacy does not exist in this, his world, and it may never have existed. We are biologically wired for connection with one another. True intimacy is shared brokenness. Soon, the only intimacy that will exist will be virtual in nature. We will only connect with things that spike certain brain chemicals. Feed the Lion have you ever gone to the circus and watched the lion tamers in action? They put on a good show with fancy outfits, whips, and a power they seem to have over many lions at the same time. I've wondered how these trainers have gotten the lions to forget they're actually higher up on the food chain. Surely the animals should be able to sense that they are bigger, stronger, and more powerful than the humans making them perform their tricks. The secret element is that the circus ensures the lions are well-fed. The lions never experience hunger, which triggers their animalistic and limbic response. Sometimes you see the trainer throwing bits of meat to the lion as a reward for obedience. Thus, the trainer becomes an external limbic system for the lion, keeping the lion's belly full and continuing reminding the animal of the source of its satisfaction are key. Likewise, for your man to understand his porn problem means he must examine his emotional hunger. This is the beginning of seeking relief from the craving. Porn is his circus. As he tries to move away from pornography, he will look to his spouse for oxytocin and endorphins. Quite often, the spouse is hurt and wounded and cannot bring herself to try to meet his needs. He is used to having the IP mistress always there. For him to reach out to his wife and then be rejected is emotionally devastating. The man in him is not the one experiencing the rejection. It's the hurt boy who retreats to the cold, dark places. The only one willing to follow him into that dark cave is the IP mistress. In her hand is a small piece of meat that she tosses in his direction. This is a reminder that she has been the only one to never let him down or reject him. In a perfect world, his wife would understand his problem from the inside out. I'm sorry, from the inside and find a way to help feed the lion or at least join him in the cave. At least they can be broken together. Developing a network of other trustworthy men can help him develop the ability to connect on basic levels. That is the entirety of chapter 11 from Kirk's, from Kirk's book. Wow. Just stop. And uh, it's some good stuff. And um, with the author here with me in the room, I would love to get, have you unpack some of what that is um, in terms of um, 
where are things going? That's kind of where you start the chapter with this problem, this major problem. And um, why is it that um, the IP mistress um, continues to have power over someone who really, truly does have power? Wow. Well, first of all, um, it's kind of a trip here and that, man. It, you know, it's great having editors. I mean, you know, I, I had that book edited probably five or six times before the final version is done. And I'm reading, I'm hearing that like, wow, I actually sound, you know, like a, like a freaking author. Um, <laughs> like, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, just in terms of grammar and all that kind of stuff and transitions and how about the performance and the conjunctions and, and oh, the performance was fantastic, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you deserve a Grammy for that, oh, man. man. For real. That was, when I do an audio book, I might have to, I'm going to have to call you up, man. I've got the right equipment for it. All right. On. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. That might be a good deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just listening to that, I was like, wow, okay. I mean, man, I actually sound pretty edumacated. Um In terms of uh, the where it started off, you might have to keep me on track in terms of making making our way through this, uh, through the concept or through the content of that particular chapter. And, yeah, so at this part of the book, I'm actually kind of trying to change gears and it's a very fine line of explaining him. Now, let me also take a step back and say that the target audience for the book is actually women. Um, I'm explaining to women their man in a way they probably never heard. And that is kind of on a psychological, neurological, chemical, spiritual kind of realm and that sort of stuff. And so, you know, at the end of the book, man, my, my kind of home stretch is where I'm trying to give some practicality to her in terms of, um, in terms of perspective and, and, you know, it's a fine line of, challenging someone that's hurt and wounded challenging someone that that in some ways can be the victim in this scenario um you know challenging someone that is not the one doing the thing um and kind of opening the door for her to have some kind of hope because i don't believe i believe that there are wives out there good wives that that see their husbands and have the ability and can see their husbands as and again by this point in the book i've made the case for why you know, the whole point of that is if he could just stop, he would. That's why I just stop is in quotes. Right. Um, and so, you know, where I start off with in terms of intimacy, you know, his intimacy, especially in most guys by far, started looking at born when they were in their, you know, late single digit age, eight, nine years old, maybe as late as 12, but definitely before that. Um, you know, and they probably have been doing it for most of their lives up to now. And if you've been doing something for most of your life, you'd probably be pretty good at it. And it would probably be a cornerstone in your life, whatever that is. Um, and so, uh, and so the only way that he's learned attachment is through the chemical responses of attachment, which is why, you know, which is why the, 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 all the V's do what they do. Um, and so the only way he's learned that is, is through kind of the, the, the response or the chemical response or the physical response or any, whatever it is to, to that feeling. And so I, I know speaking for myself and, and just experience with a lot of guys, um, he may not know how to connect, how to attach. He may not know how to be intimate, which is connection and, and attachment and transparency and all those kinds of things. He may not know how to do that. And he, you know, probably if he dug deep into counseling, which we talked about in the last podcast, you know, you may find out that there is oh, some that's two podcasts ago. Two podcasts ago. I'm sorry about that. Um, um, you may find out that there's some level of of attachment disorder that he literally just does not know how to attach, which is why, 
you know, I think maybe possibly, you know, most serial killers have some history of pornography consumption. I mean, it just, you train yourself to detach as a matter of fact, it's not even the ability to, or the inability to attach, but it's also the ability to quickly and easily detach. And so if you can't detach or if you can easily detach with someone, then it's very difficult to see someone as, as something that you can just um, emotionally latch on to. And, and people aren't safe at that point. You don't have intimate, close relationships and, and that sort of thing. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of where I was going with the, with the, uh, with the attachment uh, part of it all. And, you know, just understanding that he literally may not know on an emotional level how to attach because he has attached himself or de attached and detached himself from literally thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of women. They happen to be all virtual women, but he has literally had to attach and detach because he never probably goes back to that same one over and over again. He may, he may have some favorites that he goes back to, but he definitely never has to. Um, but in that, He's had to detach thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times over his life. And so the ability just might not even be there emotionally. And, you know, she may have even had some hints of that even while during the courtship. And then when you get into marriage, you know, it's easy to think that that might change or that might go away. And in reality, it doesn't. Yeah. The, the, what the ability that this guy has um, developed to detach comes across as never wanting to have that intimacy. What I wanted to reread here is we are biologically wired for connection with one another. Mm -hmm. True intimacy is shared brokenness. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good definition of true intimacy. And so what I would love to talk about is we are biologically wired for connection with one another. Mm -hmm. So if we were, if it was built into us by our creator and we are trying so hard to get it in all the wrong places. What does that do to a guy on the inside? Oh, it creates a level of frustration. It creates a level of inadequacy. A lot of women wonder if they're enough. Well, guess what? He's probably wondering the same thing as he enough. Because, I mean, it just it creates a level of I, I can see it, but I can't get to it. I mean, I can. it's the mirage. It's, right. it's, it's always out there, but I can never get to that place. I've heard about it, maybe, but I can never, ever get there. And so he's trying to get there. He's trying to get there. He's trying to get there. He's trying to get, you know, good things through pornography, believe it or not. He's trying to get connection. He just can't get it. But it's always so close, and it always comes off as, as, a, as a chemical response. And so when he can't, when he wants it, he wants intimacy. He can trust pornography like he can't trust another person. He can trust pornography with his deepest, darkest fantasies. And if a guy can trust you sexually, you have every part of him. You don't have every part of a guy until he can trust you with all of his sexuality. Even even his deepest, darkest kind of fantasies. Not that you have to act out all of that stuff, but if he can if he can trust you enough to at least open up and and tell you um, kind of, you know, and be, at least feel safe. Like a guy will never feel safe with you unless he's safe with you with his sexuality. And so he's actually trying to experience true intimacy. He's just doing it with a very, uh, a very impersonal, a very artificial and a very temporary thing. And so that, that, but that thing creates the frustration. And, and then the more he does it, the more he gets that, those, those chemical highs. And just like every other addiction, your brain begins to defend itself. 
against all of those highs. And then it takes more of it to get more of a high in order to get that same level of high. And that's another form of addictive of, of the addiction cycle. Now, the only way to get more of a high is quantity or quality. Quantity means more time. So he can spend hours upon hours upon hours upon hours upon hours upon hours consuming pornography or what commonly goes hand in hand with that is the type of porn he begins to consume becomes more intense. It becomes more graphic. It becomes more twisted. I mean, and it can go really off the rails um, at, you know, at certain points. And so that's when I, that's what I mean by the quality of porn in terms of the intensity. And, and that's when objectification comes in. That's pretty much always when violence towards women comes in. And, you know, I heard somewhere that, like 90% of porn scenes today involve some kind of a violent act towards the woman. And so violence always goes hand in hand with, um, with, you know, extreme porn consumption. And so again, it just becomes a cycle that he's trying to get what he can't have, but it's so close that he thinks he can get it. And when he gets it, it's such a temporary hit of it that he, you know, that temporary hit, you know, it's, it's so high and so intense that he keeps going back, but he's looking for intimacy. He just can't get it. Yeah. And so, Tell me more about this really good definition of true intimacy that you say is shared brokenness. Yeah, again, when I can when I can open up to you and when I can when I can talk to you about all the ways that my hurts and my wounds and when I can open that up to you and when I can reveal that to you, that's when we have power in our relationship. That's when our relationship now has depth and substance and that's when we're intimate. And oh, by the way, intimacy is not even just within the context of a male, female or or a romantic relationship, whatever I can have intimacy with, with my friends or my buddies. I mean, I got intimacy with you that's non-physical, but at the same time, it's the act of you and I can talk and you and I can share, you know, can, I mean, that's, I think that's, you know, us doing these podcasts, we're just, we share and we're pretty open. Um, if I didn't know you, I wouldn't be as open even on this podcast, but, um, but, you know, being able to, to, it opened myself up to you in terms of my vulnerability and my transparency and open up to you in terms of all the ways that, man, I'm broken, man. I, I screw up with this. I messed up with this, man. I had this hurt, this wound, this past experience. And, and, you know, and, and to be safe with that, I mean, and, and then I'm normally safe with that when we are both that way, when we're both open and when we're both transparent and when we're both kind of able to share our brokenness. I mean, that's in the context of a relationship, man, that's when it works best when, you know, I'm able to, to, to come to you, you're able to come to me and we're able to talk and just, you know, just be broken and be okay. You can know me, but still love me. Yeah. That I hope you saw what I just did. I, I broke my first, my first highlight in your book here. I've got your, my copy you gave me, um, uh, and I, and I highlighted this true intimacy is shared brokenness. And I, um, Love that it's in the context of what we're talking about, of course, is the, is the porn, pornography and the husband and wife. But uh, I love also that you just, you know, brought it up and made sure to be clear that true intimacy is shared brokenness and it doesn't have to be between a man and a woman, husband and wife. It can be between two ladies, two guys, uh, a brother, sister, a father, son, all of that. Um, we have to get that uh, our all our relationships are are formed by broken people. Um, I found myself connecting to my wife more when I realized that we are two broken people. Uh, sometimes when I talk to couples who want to get married, I'll say, you're trying to put together two broken people with two broken pasts and try to create a, a relationship that's mm-hmm. hopefully not broken, but it's going to be broken because yeah. it's a relationship of imperfect people. Yeah. 
And guess what? You know, you could be broken and two people can fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. I mean, that's what right. jigs- I mean, jigsaw puzzle is nothing but a bunch of broken pieces of a big picture. Right. And so when you bring together all the pieces well, you can create a beautiful picture. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, and women want that. That's the trippy part, man. I'm learning that women want, they want us to be that open. We think, oh, man, if she sees my, because we're guys, man, if I reveal my weakness, then I give her, you know, maybe power or maybe she'll judge me or maybe she'll whatever. But, you know, if we do it correctly, she'll respect us more. She'll respect us you know, when we when we come into it with a level of sincerity in terms of, you know, I'm sh- I'm sharing you my struggles. I'm sharing with you, especially my hurts and my past. And the more, you know, women like to understand us, you know, I mean, <clears throat> that was, you know, kind of Eve's temptation. You would be like God, you know, you, I mean, and so, you know, for her to be able to understand you in terms of your past and in terms of your, you know, in terms of your journey, um, and there's a, you know, you might want to use some kind of caution in how you even do that. Maybe that's when counseling comes in, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I it's kind of a trip that, you know, I'm learning that women actually dig that. Like they want to know the inside, they want to see us, you know, they want to see our vulnerable sides. They want to see our hurt sides and, you know, and, and that sort of, they don't want us to just be the hardened kind of, you know, I, I don't have any any, any, any struggles or anything like that. They don't want us to put it on them as far as they don't want to be our, our moms necessarily to fix everything, well, right. but to open and to share and to, you know, to them, vulnerability is strength to them. Weakness can be strength. Um, cause you do have to be strong in order to be transparent in order to be vulnerable with someone. And so, um, and so, yeah, I mean that, that's, 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 that's a huge, uh, a huge aha. We, we talked about this when we had our podcast around um, at least the idea of risk. Uh, so true intimacy is shared brokenness. And the word shared means that somebody has shared some part of themselves that's broken. Soon the only intimacy will exist. Uh, huh, soon the only intimacy that will exist will be virtual in nature. And right there, what I'm seeing in there is that there's no risk there. Uh, true intimacy must involve genuine risk. Yeah. I mean, I, I got news for you. Social media intimacy, there's no risk. Pretty much. I mean, that's what I'm talking about as far as it's digital. It's a digital thing. I'm, yeah, we're friends and we're connected on social media and I'll show you pictures of mine. You show me pictures of yours, but social media is filters. I mean, even if we filter ourselves with just, you know, the best parts of us, we present whatever. And so social media, you know, intimacy doesn't happen on a screen because screens are two dimensional by nature. I mean, at some point, you know, 3D images are coming out, but. But by nature, screens are 2D height and width, and the, the dimension that you're missing is depth, and you can never connect without depth. I think if we um, keep social media and the media in general in its right place, it can help serve to foster intimacy. I mean, I have a friend on Facebook who I think does a great job of sharing the deepest parts of himself without sharing the dark parts of himself, but he shared a lot and he's a full advocate for keeping up dialogue and making sure that dialogue um, happens within what he controls and what he shares. Um, Something I put out there over the weekend, this last few days, he had some input on and I pushed back and we had some good dialogue. And so I I know the guy though is the thing I have had a previous in-person relationship uh, with him. And uh, I want to continue on with this idea of uh, feed the lion. Tell me about um, the lion's unawareness of his power. First of all, that was actually kind of a little a little hint and a little wink in there when I dropped about 
the uh, lion tamer having the whip. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was just a little Kirk humor that most people won't get. But, um, you know, the whips and chains. But, um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, you as a man, you are – you are the the um, if you will. You are the alpha. You are higher on the evolutionary chain than than the screen, the image that you're looking at. You are a created being made in the image of God. I mean, you you are powerful. You are a warrior. You are a man of purpose. Um, you know there are things created uniquely and specially about you that 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 can change the world. And so you, you, but you can find yourself in a cage. You can find yourself in a cage performing, doing tricks. You can find yourself um, being, you know, controlled, if you will, um, by something that, that is less than you. And quite honestly, you know, porn is less than you. You know, that website is less than you. You know, you're being monetized just like a lion in the zoo. You're being monetized every time you look at porn. You're free labor. You, I mean, these people are making billions of dollars off of you doing tricks in this cage and you are a lion. I mean, man, you are a king of the jungle, um, made for great things, man, made for awesome things. When you have something that controls your life, when you have something that takes away from your ability to, to say yes and to say no, then, then you become by definition, you volunteer to become lower on the food chain and, and you're manipulated, you know, you're manipulated in order to perform, for for an audience and for someone's financial gain basically okay so how does the 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 woman who might be listening to this and the woman who is the the target audience of your book as well how does this person how does the woman help in a uh in a healthy way then feed the lion First of all, it's not her problem. Let's make that clear. It's not her. It's his problem. It's okay. his problem to solve. It's his problem to deal with. It's not her problem. Hear that clear. And and I think I made it True. clear a couple times in the book. It's not her problem. It is his problem. Now, the problem is theirs, is his, but the solution is theirs. Let me say that again. The problem is his, but the solution is theirs, meaning the solution to the problem is intimacy and intimacy is something that is shared between two people. And there goes back to the shared brokenness. So what he's looking for is intimacy. What he can't find is intimacy in porn, but he can absolutely find intimacy in her. And when he finds intimacy in her, that can help again, this kind of goes hand in hand with him dealing with the problem, with him confronting the problem and doing something about it. Um, But at the same time, when he begins to deal with it, when he begins to step away from porn, you got, I want you to understand, wife, that there's going to be parts of him that there's going to be things that he has depended on for 20, 30, 40, 50 years that he's not going to have anymore. The medication is going away. And the, when you stop medicating, then you got to deal with the pain. And the pain is loneliness and isolation and, and boredom and anger. And the pain is his wound from his past. Maybe he was abused or Maybe he was abandoned or neglected or whatever it is. He's got to deal with that. And so we got to understand that we got to begin to ask the question, where do we expect him to go with that? Where do, what do we expect him to do with that thing that is painful that he's never had to deal with in his life, let alone his adult life? He's never had to deal with that raw, visceral pain that he's been medicating. So what is he going to do with that? Well, I mean, we provide solutions. That's kind of what we do. But at the same time, the person that lives with him most, the person that's most affected should understand that he's going to have some voids in his life that if nothing else, he needs someone to understand. 
He needs, if nothing else, he needs for you to understand um, as he begins to step away from porn again, which is his problem to do it. Um, he's going to, as he steps away from that, he's going to probably be more lonely. He's probably going to be more bored. He's probably going to be, you know, more depressed. He's going to be detoxing, not only physically, but emotionally. See, when you go to detox from heroin, that's primarily a physical thing. Well, when he's detoxing from porn, it's a physical thing, but it's also emotional. It's also spiritual. Now, all of a sudden, this lion, who is the king of the jungle, has now got to figure out how to be the king of the jungle again. <laughs> he's got to figure out how to, how to feed himself again. He's never had to feed himself. These, these lions in the cages, in the circus, and in the zoos, they've never had to feed themselves before. So he's got to figure out, how do I feed myself? How do I go hunt? You know, I don't know what that's like. I, I've been in a cage. And so there's a process there. And if nothing else, what he needs is your understanding. What he needs is your, is your, is maybe, maybe your patience, maybe your support. If nothing else, I understand, you know, at the, at the very end of the book, I actually tell what the wife can do that porn can't do, um, which I think is worth the cost of the book in itself. Um, but at the same time, you know, again, I say it over and over again, it's not her problem. It's his problem, but the solution is both of theirs. If he's going to, if he's going to do this successfully and in the context of the marriage, if it is to happen, it's got to happen with her as far as the solution is concerned. Yeah. And this speaks to this uh, line here. I love this. Um, I lost my place. Quite often the spouse is hurt and wounded and cannot bring herself to try to meet his needs. He is used to having the IP mistress always there for him to reach out to his wife and then be rejected is emotionally devastating. The man in him, <clears throat> excuse me, the man in him is not the one experiencing the rejection. It's the hurt boy who retreats into the cold, dark places. And here's the line. The only one willing to follow him into that dark cave is the IP mistress. And so for him to find some more of his power, he needs to go into that dark place to be able to reinstate himself because it's his choice to do that. He needs to be able to do it. But through that cold and dark place of the, the, the cave that you're describing here, it's only to this point been this IP mistress. Um, so the, the wife needs to be willing to go there because that you what you just said, the problem is his, the solution is both of them. The solution is theirs to solve together. And she needs to be at least willing to go to those places. Um, yeah. she can't be his counselor. She can't be his mother. She can't revisit his childhood and all of that, but at least be someone who can be nearby. And quite honestly, you know, that might be too much to ask for some women. True. There might be too much level of too much hurt, too much pain. And, and I'll give women, you know, uh, I, I mean, a, a, a dose of reality that for some women that might be too much because of the pain, because of her wounds and that sort of thing. Um, but the reality is he is going to have to go into that closet. He's going to have to do hand to hand combat. And sometimes he's going to come back wounded. Sometimes he's going to come back. You know, you're going to see him in ways that you've never seen him before. You're going to see him more emotional. You're going to see him probably, you know, just more, you know, maybe he's more busy because he's trying to keep occupied to combat the boredom. You know, maybe you'll see him, you know, out, you know, kind of working, working out more, or maybe you'll, you'll see him kind of change gears. Maybe you'll see him pick up purpose in life in terms of, you know, a cause or, or ministry or something like that. Um, I think purpose is vital in terms of getting free from porn to fill that space. Um, but yeah, you're going to see him having to go into that place and he's going to come back wounded. But again, maybe, you know, the, the out is maybe that's too much, you know, but if it, I, I would submit to you, ma'am, 
um, that if you're willing, it would be worth it because the man that you thought he always was is in there. And when he makes it through, when he comes through, it will be the man that probably better than you've ever thought. Um, especially if you can make it, if, if you can make it through and if you can, you know, if you can be part of that journey, then I submit to you my, my, I suspect that it'll be worth it because he's, he's a very, he's not a bad man because he has done hurtful things in terms of this pornography consumption. He's a trapped boy. He may not be a bad man. Yeah. A lot of guys have stopped growing emotionally past that boyhood Mm -hmm. because they had that trauma or whatever it might've been in that, that event that has caused them to start medicating por- um, medicating through the porn habit. Yeah, he's stunted. He's stunted emotionally, yeah. he's stunted mentally, and although especially emotionally, he's definitely stunted emotionally. And you've probably seen that just in the context of your marriage, that he might present like a boy sometimes. Maybe that's because he stopped growing emotionally as a boy, you know, back when he was eight or nine years old. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's viable. And so, you know, but I, I tell you what, man, you know, <laughs> that guy has tremendous capacity tremendous capacity untapped and unmet capacity um and you know i've seen where i've seen where you know a marriage ended you know guy kind of gets his poop in a group and and all of a sudden he becomes the guy that she's always wanted but now another woman gets to benefit <laughs> mm. so i'm just saying i've seen that um and so, you know, I mean, there's a great guy inside of them. I mean, the, these guys, and I talk to these guys, they are great guys. I'll get on the phone with them and, and, you know, pretty soon after we start talking on the phone, I can see the great guy in him. I can hear the great guy in him. Um, he's just trapped. He's just trapped like, you know, like the POW and Rambo and he just needs some help getting out. Yeah. It's, I'm just thinking of some practical ways, but I'm also wanting to say that uh, you're right. God sees who we can become once we find our purpose and meaning in life. And uh, once you get that, men, you won't be able to stop uh, moving forward. This is speak, speaking from my own experience, uh, speaking with Kirk. And I know Kirk can speak to the same thing. You know, doing this podcast, part of my purpose. Kirk helping along and not helping. He's He is the podcast, basically. The two of us <laughs> doing this together. This is part of our purpose. I don't do anything. I just show up and talk. And so we can't do this enough. Um, I'm just thinking of some practical ways that uh, a wife could help a husband, a guy could find help for himself. Counseling is one thing that we mentioned. Counseling um, is huge. Prayer. Prayer. Um, counseling together, though, too, because if, if a woman doesn't feel safe going into this cave with her husband alone, if she's not in that kind of strength in herself, um, a counselor is a great way to do this, um, to be able to go to those places. Yeah. As long as the guy is willing, as we've talked about, yeah. If he realizes the need and, and sees that he needs to go to this dark place in his life, but he needs professional help with it, that's something he needs to face. Yeah, and and, and both may need professional help. Oh, yeah. She may need, I mean, yeah, because a lot of times his pornography consumption taps into a deep wound that she has. And most women today struggle with, are they enough? And they struggle with maybe um, sexual abuses or ways that they've been sexually objectified in the past. And so it may tap into some deep wounds on her side. And so some of it may involve actually her kind of, you know, getting help with hers as well. And so, yeah, whether it's singles counseling or whether it's counseling together, um, you know, anything like that. I mean, that's, that's, that's a viable thing. It might just take some help. 
Yeah, I'll just um, kind of finish up here and we can talk about this. And there's a chance maybe we can do this for a second time with this uh, section. Um, let's see, where is it going to start now? that I, At least they can be broken together. Developing a network of other trustworthy men can help him develop the ability to connect on basic levels. Um, I think broken together is an important element to this. And actually, there's a great song out there by the group Casting Crowns being broken Broke together. together. Um, yeah. Because that is the beginning of true intimacy when you realize you're two broken people that are in an imperfect relationship. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, a guy will see his wife and he'll be like, she's such a nag and she's such a whatever. But if he really knew her experience, if he really knew, you know, how it tapped into to her past and her wounds and that sort of stuff, it might actually open the door for him to see her in a different kind of way and vice versa. Now, you know, a wife might be saying, he knows, he knows, he knows. Because he's heard doesn't mean he knows. And so for him to understand your brokenness the same way you might begin to understand his can be a door opener both ways. But I think when both people come into the room, um, you know, with the understanding that we're both broken, um, if we're broken together, then at least we can be broken together kind of thing. And, and at least we have that in common, if nothing else. Yeah. Being broken together and finding that true intimacy um, is very good place to start, at least to acknowledge that. With that, we will finish up episode 23 of the Free Indeed podcast. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.